Welcome to the Free Parking Show with your hosts, Amos, Rich, Ryan, and Peter. Four sports journalists cover the world of sports with the utmost professionalism, or as much as they can muster after five beers. Hello and welcome to the Free Parking Show. Tonight we have the Par 4 Discourse show for you. I'll let Peter introduce that in a second. First, though, if you want to text in tonight, let us know who you think won each round. Uh, uh, or you won at a point or, you know, whatever you want to say. Go ahead and text us in at 740-206-8850. All right, Peter, I'll let you take over from here. All right, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, before, before the teams introduce themselves, I'll just go over the rules really quick. Uh, for those who have listened and for those who haven't heard, so uh, tonight um, we have Will Bruno joining us as our guest. Uh, he will be paired up with Ryan, and the other team will be Amos Amos and uh, Rich. Uh, so we'll go over the rules really quick, and then I'll let the teams introduce themselves. So the way this game works is that every team has two people on it, obviously. Uh, one person per team goes for question, and uh, they both both teams get to answer a question what i do is i i decided was the best answer and then it's one point per question and then at the end of the eight questions that we have we have what's called the final question the final question everybody gets to go and the way and it's worth three points so uh sometimes we'll get in shows that are close and it decides a winner and sometimes we could decide a, a tie uh, i do have an extra question ready in case we do have a tiebreaker tonight gentlemen uh, it's gonna be something simple so uh, don't worry about it. So without further ado, um, I'll introduce the teams. Uh, first first team is undefeated and losing. Um, that would be uh, Richard and Amos. And uh, guys, what is your punishment for uh, Ryan and Will if they lose tonight? Actually, we changed our names. Yeah, yeah. Our team name is now going to be Ryan Sweaty Palms. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the punishment, guys? <laughs> Uh, Ryan's punishment is going to be if he, if and when he loses, he has to say in his most dramatic voice, ask Malarkey to bring back Vince Young at quarterback and let the mediocre Mariota <laughs> only play Gunner on the special teams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I almost want to lose so that happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm well, joking, Ryan. Okay, well, it, well, you may want to change that because if you lose, you're going to have to say that Andy Reid has the sexiest mustache in the NFL. Oh, man, hey, that's not far from the truth, man. I think that is the truth, to be honest. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's do this. The Tom Selleck of the gridiron. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, All right, so on Team Always Right, and the reason why it's called Team Always Right is uh, Ryan, I'm pretty sure Ryan, he always thinks he's right, so we'll just leave, we'll just leave that at that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thinks, knows for sure, who, I mean, whatever you want to say. <laughs> but Ryan, if you lose tonight, next week you should call your team Ryan is a bum, because if you're going to talk trash, you're always going to lose. That's bad, bro. So, Ryan and Will's team, what's your, what's your punishment for uh, Ryan's sweaty palms if they lose this game? <laughs> All right, we got a good one for them. Uh, both of you guys have to admit uh, that Tom Brady is a system quarterback and would be no good if it wasn't for Belichick. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Okay. Pretty, pretty dirty right there. I like it. 
<laughs> you like it as much as Andy Reid's mustache? I mean, I don't oh. know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Hey, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. All right. So the first question we have tonight is, um, and Ryan, Ryan and Amos will be going first to their team. So question one, um, and if, if I, sorry, I meant to. Uh, sorry, meant to mention this before. This is going to be sort of like an NFL recap debate show tonight. Uh, we thought it'd be kind of fun to do it in the debate style that we have on this show. So, uh, first question is, what was the what was the best play of the season? And Ryan, your team goes first. Well, You're hang on. hang on one second. Is that because I haven't really looked at the questions? Is that like postseason included or just regular season? The entire season, regular. Okay, and okay. I was just that, that's sure. for all these all the questions. Remember, it's uh, regular and postseason, so let's just roll with that, all right? Okay. All right, Ryan, all right. you're up. All right, so it's on me. Uh, best play of the entire season. I went to week 13, uh, the Rodgers to Rodgers pass. The Green Bay Packers uh, <clears throat> are down late, only a couple seconds left on the clock. They need a, a miracle to beat the Detroit Lions. Uh, Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, drops back. And then has to flush out of the pocket, uh, fly out to the right-hand side, wait, and then throw, darts the ball down the field. Uh, and then Richard Rodgers, of course, jumps up right in front of the end zone, uh, catches the ball, and it's a touchdown. It was like it was just like 61 yards down the field. Amazing play. Uh, you know, time expires uh, before the ball was even out of Rogers, Aaron Rodgers' hands. And Richard Rodgers comes up with an amazing play uh, for them to end up winning the game uh, in an unbelievable fashion. We haven't seen uh, a start or like finish this in quite some time. And Aaron Rodgers just displays why he won not the best uh, quarters in the game. He Mary to end the game. Uh, you know, the Detroit Lions and to stay on top in their division uh, at the time and stay on top in their division. And an absolutely uh, great finish. I think it was the best play of the team. All right, Amos, what about you? What was your what was the best play of the year in your mind? <clears throat> Peter, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to feel bad for you because I'm pretty sure me and Ryan are going to make this night very, very tough on you. My best play of the season was, I forget what week it is, what week it was, second week that, or second time that Carolina and Atlanta played. I believe it was a third down. Pressure on Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan flushes up to the left, throws a bomb to Julio Jones. Julio Jones jumps up over Josh Norman catches it turns around runs it in for a touchdown I believe it was like 70 yards and <clears throat> to me that's the best play of the game or season because number one carolina had shut out atlanta like 38 to nothing coming into this game no one gave atlanta a chance i had actually picked the upset i thought they were going to take one of the two and they took this one and it's a huge play because it with the super bowl and the way that they lost i mean it's a lot of the same thing as it, you could tell it took energy like they had no energy and it the first time that Carolina looked human, looked like they could be beat, and Atlanta did that after being shut out. I thought it was a great play. Matt Ryan played mediocre all year, and Julio Jones still led the NFL in receiving yards like 1700s. Testament to him how good he is. And to, to me, that's the best play of the season, hands down. Wow, uh, <clears throat> you're not you're not lying when you say you're going to make this tough on the aim. If it, this is a really tough decision. Don't worry, uh, I got your back. So. <laughs> I like both of these plays a lot, but Amos did bring up some a good point about uh, 
Carolina looking human there. And that's not to take anything away from Ryan. Because uh, I think you both, in my opinion, do deserve a point here. But I'm going to have to give it to Ryan's sweaty palms. are going to go up one nothing on this one. Cold-hearted. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, the Rogers plays was absolutely amazing, too. Wait, I mean, yeah. those were... And, and and the meaning of the play, you know what it, you know the divisional, yeah, every, all that, and even 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 the um, the Falcons, it was too. But still, I don't I don't know. I still think the uh, Green Bay pass was just by far the best play of the season. My teammates got my back over here. <laughs> <laughs> the second one was to, unbiased. That's, that's completely being unbiased. By far, that, that play stands out and in, in, in on my mind more than any other. As it should. I mean, it was a hail mary to end the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> more than a coin toss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So the second question, Will, you'll take this one, and the rest you'll follow up. Uh, question two: What was the best game of the season? Remember, this is regular and postseason as well. Awesome, awesome. Well, I definitely have to go in week eight. A game that had over a thousand total yards, twelve touchdown passes, and a hundred points score over a hundred points scored. You know, the Giants and the Saints met up in week eight. Both teams were obliterated by injuries. Uh, you know, I mean, they were just lackluster through the first seven games because of that you know we we uh all of us experts counted us counted them out you know calling us experts whatever but still (laughs) you know we counted them out you know basically saying you know what chance do they even have and then the morning of week week eight they ate their wheaties or something and became electric because uh they scored you know over 100 points did all that and even crazier, the game ended on a 52-yard field goal after all those plethora of touchdowns. So, you know, I just think that that game, it lifted both teams' spirits. It, it you know, sort of got them out of that gutter everyone thought that they were in. And I, by, by far, you know, what football is all about, that was by far the best game of the season. All right, Rich, what say you? Uh, you know, I'm going to go back to that Lions game. The Hail Mary at the end. Uh, the Lions, you know, basically had this game won. Rodgers threw that bomb. That game was over. I don't think anybody in America saw that one coming by a mile when they were watching this game. Lions, like I said, Lions were up pretty big. And for Aaron Rodgers to come back and win that game like that, it was just remarkable. One of the best games I'd seen all year. Both of those games are great. I watched the I watched both game. Well, I watched the uh, the latter of the two, the one you had mentioned, Rich, and the other one I listened to on the way back from the uh, Grand Canyon uh, that week, and I, I listened. I tuned into that game. Uh, so both were great in their own regards. It's hard to really pick out of the two, but when you think about the Saints Giants game, it was just it was just insane. And then, Rich, obviously, you think about your game. Aaron Rodgers brought the team back. Uh, I'm going to have to go with always right on this one. Uh, so it's going to be not enough for one of these. So on to question three, Amos, you'll be going first. Ryan, you'll be following up to him. <clears throat> uh, who was the biggest surprise as far as, as far as players go in 2015? And this is or bad. So they surprised you in a bad way or surprised <clears throat> you in a good way. I'm actually going to go with uh, defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Khalil Mack. Uh, just and it, 
rookie season, he had like something like only four sacks. This year he had 15, so that's an 11-sack difference. <clears throat> and not only that, to make the jump that he did to become just an absolutely dominant player on a really a mediocre defense who had Charles Woodson and Tuck. Justin's retired, so is Charles Woodson. Khalil Mack is by far probably one of the best defensive players in the league and improves that as the unprecedented jump to first-team All-Pro at two positions. No other player has ever done it, ever. And this guy has done it in his second year. A guy who wasn't really on the draft until late last year. And everybody started talking about, hey, remember that the kid from Buffalo, the linebacker? Yeah, he was a guy who came out of a weak conference. Uh, guys who have come out of Buffalo, they've always played good in college, obviously. They, that system produces players and when he came out everyone was a little bit iffy if he could make the jump to play with this competition and rookie season like I said he was mediocre there were questions about whether he's going to be able to do it or not and then this season just an absolute beast I mean you have Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor J.J. Watt now, given Lawrence Taylor played linebacker and I know most of the guys want to play one position but the fact that you can be all first team all pro two positions second year in the league first one to ever do it it's one of the best jumps in football I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. All right. And, uh, Ryan, what do you got to say? Khalil Mack's definitely a respectable answer here, and, and it's definitely a player that I thought about when I was uh, setting up mine, who I thought the best player – or uh, player surprised me the most. It was definitely one that I thought about. But I'm going to have to go with Cam Newton here. Uh, I think it's become obvious to us now um, that, that Cam Newton is, you know, the – top of the league uh you know as good as he's played but if you think about the beginning of the season uh if someone told you that Carolina was going to go 15 and 1 and Cam Newton was going to be the MVP of the league you would have slapped him for being crazy <clears throat> Cam Newton threw for 35 touchdowns and 10 interceptions that is 11 more touchdowns than he has ever thrown in a season and the lowest amount of interceptions he has thrown ever in his NFL career also, on top of that, you add the fact that he had 10 uh, rushing touchdowns on the season, which is uh, the second most since his rookie year that he's ever had. And he did it on uh, you know 132 attempts with an 8.2 average, which is a career best running the ball. You know His offensive numbers, too, if you look at it, he didn't throw. It wasn't the most yards he's ever thrown for. So he was making the most out of every throw is what it shows you here. He had a 7.1 TD percentage. So that means 7% of the passes he threw were for touchdowns, which is by far and away the best he's ever done in his career. Uh, you know, only 2% inter- interceptions. Uh, he had an unbelievable career. He ended up being, or I mean, a season, ended up being the MVP of the league uh, by an easy margin. Um you know, he he had an absolutely stellar career or stellar season this year. It was unbelievable what we got to watch out of Cam Newton, both running and passing the ball. And you know, it's he's a guy that we expected um, something from definitely, and you know, a guy that we thought was going to be good, but we never thought that he was going to have the kind of season that he had this year. Uh, I mean, he was by he was the most influential player for his team out of any player in the entire NFL. He meant the most for his team. Uh, and when you consider the fact that he just had Greg Olson to throw the ball to, and then, and, you know, then the talent drop off is huge, like Ted Ginn and and uh, and Funches, the rest of the guys out there. So, uh, what he was able to do is nothing short of amazing, and he really surprised me this season. 
Again, both great answers there. You know, Khalil Mack definitely had an explosive year. I think he had five sacks in one game, and yep. which is incredible. And you look at Cam Newton's numbers. Rich and I, when we started the show originally, we kind of wrote the Panthers off the start because they had a lot of injuries. Cam, both of these players did surprise me this year. Although Khalil Mack, I think we always knew, was going to be a star, but I don't know if we knew he jumped that much. And then Cam Newton, like I already said, just the amount of injuries he that team had for him to overcome losing his top weapon before the season started to go for 10 and one and had the year he had is incredible. Uh, I'm going to, the reason I'm, I'm going to give it to Cam Newton and uh, always right on this one, just based on, you know, obviously the numbers of what they were able to do. And that's not to take anything away from Cleo Mack because Cleo Mack is a, is a monster and he'll, I think he's going to be a hall of famer, but team always right goes up two to one on this one. So, uh, Rich, you'll be taking the fourth question first of all, you'll be following up to him. Uh, and what team? What team really surprised you this past season in the NFL? And and again, th- this can be in a way that they surprised you in a good way or in a bad way. If they were a team you thought would be good and sunk up the joint, <laughs> I do not know how I cannot say the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, week what was a week two of the regular season? Des Bryant breaks his foot; he's gone for the year. Uh, the following week, they're playing. Uh, you know, this is Romo's big chance to show, hey, I can do it without my star wide receiver. He breaks his clavicle. He's gone for like another, you know, gone for like eight weeks. Well, Des, no, Des wasn't gone for the year, but he was gone for like about a little bit longer. Or he came back right before Romo did. Cowboys didn't win a football game under Tony Romo without Tony Romo until he came back to against the Dolphins. And you're just like, wow, maybe Tony Romo should have been the the uh, MVP of the league because obviously he means more to that team than Cam Newton does to the Panthers. But uh. The other thing is, is that it, it just surprised me that there was no backup quarterback that could go in there and beat teams that they should have beaten. It was, it was just astounding on how bad this team really was. And you know, Peter King, uh, a lot of these analysts, you know, came out and said, "Hey, this was the team in the NFC. They were going to make a run to to the Super Bowl in this one, and they, it, they just fell so fast, or, or so hard, and so fast that it just it really just shocked and surprised me to see this team." that was playing in a bad division that had Tony Romo been healthy all year, you know, that had that team stayed healthy, they could have made a run at this thing. So it's obviously the obvious choice for me is the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, wow, wow. I like the Dallas Cowboys. I think that's a good – I like that. I, uh, I think, though, I think other than Dallas, there's a team that, you know – it came out kind of like Dallas, you know. Uh, everyone predicted them to, well, not everyone. Some some predicted them to win the AFC West, the Chiefs, um, to you know be really good this season. They start out the season one and five, look dismal, look horrible. I mean, they they couldn't win anything. They lost. They lost a very disappointing loss to Denver in Week Two at home. I mean, it looked it, it looked like at you know in in week six it was over with, you know there was nothing there was nothing to even play for, and then the Steelers come to town, and luckily for the Chiefs they had Landry Jones <laughs> to play and not Ben Roethlisberger, and they were able to win that game. And what started the turnaround heard round the world, Charkandrick uh, West, Spencer Ware stepped in. The Chiefs managed to gain life 
when it looked like the rest of their season was lost. Right there is, you know, a surprise right there. You know, every week they won was just a surprise. And then they, and then they beat Denver at Denver, uh, knocking Peyton Manning out, making Peyton Manning play one of the worst games of his career, throwing four interceptions before halftime. He looked horrible. Uh, you know, and then you gotta, you gotta add in your players, you know, like I just did. You got West, you have Ware who stepped in. You had Kelsey who played when it mattered. You had um, you had Eric Berry come back player of the year. Marcus Peters defensive rookie of the year. I mean, this team came out and they took the they they, they shocked everybody because they went one and five when they were predicted to do great. They turned it around. They went eleven and five and ended up winning almost winning the AFC West. Then going on and winning their first playoff game in over 20 years winning their second playoff game and then finally losing to uh to uh you know the good old uh, or losing to the patriots in their second playoff game my bad but uh you know so by far the chiefs the chiefs are a bigger surprise than anybody in the nfl this season this is another another great uh, great answer by both teams uh but the reason why I'm going to go with always right is because, the Chiefs, I mean, you look at Dallas, I, I'm surprised they didn't have a better backup quarterback, but at the same time, we all know how Jerry Jones is. He's The guy is kind of like the new Al Davis. He makes a lot of the decisions that make absolutely no sense and make you scratch your head. And then you look at Kansas City, you know, Will, you said it perfectly. They start 1-5. and five, They somehow make it to 11-5. and five. I win a playoff game. It's It's just incredible the way they were able to do it. And with Eric Berry, Eric Berry coming back. You know, we all know what happened to him. He came back. He played great. Marcus Peters, despite having some rough games, you know, being picked on at times, was tied for the league lead in interceptions and led all cornerbacks in the league in interceptions. You lose uh, was Jamal Charles. He worried about that. So both teams, in a way, are surprising. But I give it to the Chiefs because the Chiefs really did stun everyone. Dallas. I, they're definitely surprised too when Jerry Jones has got to swap that backup quarterback to quarterback position because it was a atrocity and a travesty in 2015. It's always right as a three to one. Um, oh Ryan, yeah, be, baby. Ryan, you'll be going first on this one, and Amos will follow up. And uh, this one, you, uh, Ryan, and you and Amos actually talked about last night on uh, the Beers and Beers show about Johnny Manziel. So my question to you guys is: Is Johnny Manziel done in the NFL for good? Dude, this is me and Amos' official uh, favorite player in the NFL, both of ours. Uh, Johnny Manziel's not done, and I'll tell you why. Uh, the NFL, especially this season, you saw how many quarterbacks went down, whether it was for a game or two or uh, for you know large chunks of the season or for the entire season. Uh, you look how many backups got into starting roles and how many quarterbacks actually saw significant playing time. You need a backup uh, at this level. You need... A backup and no season more than last this season uh, shows that that you need a backup so that brings uh, you know there's not 32 guys in the NFL there's 64 guys in the NFL uh, is Johnny Menzel in the top 64 quarterbacks I mean I, of course he is I, I think that you have to put him me and Amos have talked about this before you have to put him above guys like Whedon uh, I think he's still gives you a better chance than Hoyer does 
And a lot of people still see a lot of potential in him. Uh, even though, you know, he's he's not my cup of tea. I definitely wouldn't take the chance on Manziel right now. But there are people that are out there that will and uh, and still see a lot of potential in him because of his playmaking ability. And the other thing I'm going to say here is look at, look at the guys, some of the guys that have continued to play in the league despite what they uh, all the stuff that they've done. I mean, look at Michael Vick. Look at Adrian Peterson. Look at Greg Hardy. Uh, you know, look at, um, you know, all of these, but Josh Gordon still has a spot of somehow if he wants it. And that, that guy's constantly in trouble. Uh, perfect, uh, Pac-Man Jones. If you have the quality, if you have the talent to play in this league, you can almost do anything you want, except for, uh, pulling Aaron Hernandez. That seems to be like the, the thing that the untouchable can't come back from murder. Um, but you can come back from anything. Ray Rice is the only exception. Uh, but, you know, he was caught on video, and I think that Ray, we'll see Ray Rice come back this season uh, from what, everything that he's done to get back to it. So I don't think Johnny Manziel's done yet, but I will say this. I think he's getting dangerously close uh, to that point, to that point of being the Ray Rice, the guy that, you know, is ex- eligible to come back, uh, but nobody wants him anymore uh, because of his actions. He's getting to that threshold where it's just about enough, you know, with the, the whole hitting his girlfriend thing and what, you know, it's what we're going to figure out here with all of this happened. But he ruptured her eardrum, uh, you know, and I know that uh, I think all five of us would agree that's some, not something that a real man would do is lay hands on a woman like that. Um, uh, you know, but it is something that you definitely can't come back from in the NFL as we've seen several players do it. Uh, but it is something that he's going to get a long suspension for it and teams got to keep that in mind. I still think someone will take a chance on him. Uh, but I think he is getting dangerously close to that point where nobody's going to want him anymore if his attitude and the way he acts doesn't change. All right, Amos, All right. what do you got um, today? My bad. <laughs> I I agree that you absolutely you have to you need a good backup quarterback and Johnny Menzel, talent wise, probably is a lot better than uh, obviously better than Whedon and most of the guys back there. But that said. I do think of as now, at least for, you know, this season, and unless something dramatically happens probably next season too, I think he's done in the NFL for right now. As much as you need a backup quarterback, you do not need a backup quarterback that's going to bring that kind of distraction to your team. And no team's going to want that. I know Dallas brought in Greg Hardy, but they also got rid of him. And Ryan brings up good points with Michael Vick. Yeah, Michael Vick did the dogfighting, but he also showed the ability to he did his time, turned himself around, and, you know, he's done a lot for the, like, animal rights is whatever. Recently, with, you know, all the money he's donated and everything. And even when he came back, he was nothing special. Josh Gordon, yeah, his biggest problem is he just wants to smoke weed. I mean, we're probably going to see that potentially legalized anyways. But Johnny Manziel, just know there's too much. Not showing up to practice, showing up to practice hungover hitting your girlfriend or even being alleged of hitting the girl, rupturing her eardrum. I I just think it's too much. He's he just I think as of right now he's untouchable and there's no team just willing to sign him to even have to kind of deal with that, man. It's way too much distraction, especially if you're a team potentially in the playoffs. That's not something you need. That's going to take the focus off what you need to do on the field and no team's going to need that. Again, great answers, guys. I mean, just keep them coming. And, and this one's going to go to Ryan, Ryan Sweaty Palm. So it's going to be three to two. Uh, you guys are strong within one. 
the Fuhrer over here just stealing points away from me. <laughs> I'm yeah, dude. I thought fun. you were gonna say no. I really did. It surprised me when you said yes. I was like, what? Dude, I, this is what this is my point is. If Johnny Manziel's not in the NFL, then we basically have to cancel the beers and cheers show because <laughs> that's basically what we talk about is Manziel's oh, stupid stuff. We just call Seriously, Manziel. Man, before you answer the ask the next question, the only thing I gotta say about Johnny Menzel is I hope the L gives the guy the the help he needs. All jokes aside, you know the NFL needs to take care of their own on this one. Even I, if he doesn't, even if he doesn't want to do it, they still need to do everything in their power to help this guy. But I know that I agree with what both of you guys said. I don't think that he's going to have a job this year in the the NFL until he can prove to himself that he's willing to change. I agree. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you guys know how I feel about people like this, and I, I don't think he deserves a second chance. He's ruined, he's ruined too many of them, and this is just icing on the cake, in my opinion. Ray he, wants help, he, he needs it himself and from his family. The NFL needs to leave him alone. He's, he's a head case. Believe me, I feel bad for people in this situation that you know obviously have issues, but when it comes to striking woman and ha- having an obvious drinking problem and maybe even a drug problem. I'm not accusing him of having a drug problem, but I think the alcohol problem is there. He's just he's just not worth it because it's just, at and, the end and, of the day, you can't trust him. And he's right. The football in the NFL should be a privilege. It shouldn't be your right. You shouldn't have the right to play the football. It should be a privilege. And if you can't abide by certain common moral, you know, Ways, then you shouldn't be allowed to play. You know, you shouldn't be allowed to come back in if you have a felony or things like. In my opinion, you know, it should be it should be only people that are those role models that we want them to be. You know, and unless you make it that way, it's, we're always going to have this problem, anyways, with players. So, uh, you know, that's where I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I well, I think it's it's something we're going to probably be talking about on this show and, and our other shows for quite some time we, until we actually know what's going to happen to Manziel. Uh, so we'll move on to question six here. Uh, Will you go first? Rich, you'll go second. Yeah, so we all know the Panthers lost the Super Bowl this past year. Uh, definitely heartbreaking. So, uh, what do the Panthers do? Have to what do the Panthers have to do to make it back to the Super Bowl? Ha ha ha. People are going to think I'm really, really mean about this. And, uh, you know, they're stacked on defense. Their defense is killer. You know, their their offense is awesome. they got young receivers. Cam Newton is, has come into his own, like we've discussed earlier. I mean, he the, they basically got the mold just there if they stay intact. If there was one place, one place that I thought that they could improve, it would be James Stewart. I just do not think James Stewart is the X-factor type of running back a football team, a, a, a champion football team has. Um, and I, I guess I, I, the Broncos really don't, per se, you know, and, you know, the running backs that they do have, they kind of fell off and, you know, had, didn't produce like we thought they would this year. But James Stewart, even though he produced, he just doesn't have that – that explosiveness that can that can shut down a game all on his own. And Cam Newton had to fight in almost every one of those games because James Stewart could not pull the game all on his shoulders. And sometimes you need a running back that can do that. You know, you need a running back that can take the load off your quarterback. 
you know, and if he could do that more often, I bet you Cam Newton would have thrown for another thousand yards this year. So I think that if they stay intact, they stay healthy, and they get a running back with that X factor ability and uh, keep James Stewart to, you know, do a one two punch, I think that they will go, they will be in the mix for the Super Bowl next season. I, that's my answer. All right. Rich? Uh, I don't know who James Stewart is. I know it's Jonathan Stewart, but yeah, anyway. My bad. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> James Stewart. I know. I, you know, this was one of the, the factors that, that we made on the, the Sunday pregame show is I actually gave the running backs over to Denver, and I think everybody else said it was going to be Jonathan Stewart was going to be more uh, effective. So I'm going to agree with you on that aspect of it, but you also got to remember the Pacers got Kelvin Benjamin coming back. They're going to be in the second year with Devin Funchess. You know, I don't think that there's much that they can do. I, I think the running back issue does have to be addressed. But I think, like I said, I think that Denver defense just did so much through the – they were terrorizing all the top teams. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily think that they have to do much. I think keeping Josh Norman, who's a free agent, must be their biggest priority this offseason. Uh, maybe adding a little bit more depth to their secondary because I think their secondary got a little bit suspect. Uh during the season, not necessarily causing them to lose games, but I know that you know they've got a lot of elite receivers in there, so you may want to give Josh Norman a little bit, little bit of help on that back end. You're fine in the linebacker. The offensive line was actually phenomenal this year, despite uh, the Wade Phillips's uh, offensive or defensive mastermind game plan against teams like the Patriots. Uh, who, are the, who do they play in the divisional round? Um, uh, who was it in the divisional round they play? Help me out, guys. Uh, Ding, 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 ding. I can't think of who. But anyway, Wade Phillips was on point. Okay, the Steelers, yes. Sorry. My mind went blank, but he's been phenomenal this year. You know, you can talk about what do they need to do to get back. I don't think there really much is to do do, because we talked about Cam Newton, the lack of weapons. He's getting all them guys back. I don't think that the running back position is that big of a need, considering you're going to get your number one receiver back. You're going to get Funches back and everything else. And then you're also looking at Denver. I I don't think that they're going to have a problem. They could go back to the Super Bowl, but as we all see, it's tough repeating even to make it back-to-back. Surprise, Seattle did a year ago. Uh, Denver is (laughs) – I'm I'm predicting Denver is going to bust this defense up anyway. They did it for Peyton Manning. So I I really don't see that big of an issue with – but Carolina's got the core intact there. So I think the biggest issue is getting Kelvin Benjamin back to stretch that field. You both make some excellent points there. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, Rich, you brought up you brought up Kelvin Benjamin. I think that's going to be a huge factor in them making it back because because of the running game, which is what Will touched upon, and there are some good free agent running backs. Uh, so, man, this this was a tough one here. Um, but I'm going to go with Ryan Spitty Palms. We're going to tie it up at three apiece here. So before uh, before the seventh question, we've got some text coming into our text line. And uh, before before I read them off, I just want to let everyone know that our text in line, text in number, if you will, is uh, 740-206-8850. So uh, we got <clears throat> two texts here. Uh, well, three texts. I apologize. So first one is a text from Dave Johnny to Dallas. 
uh, that would probably make a lot of sense. Dallas does like to take a lot of risk on players that have checkered past. Uh, look at Greg Hardy. Uh, text in from Brenda. I'm cool with Ryan and Amos t- guys talking about Manziel all the time. Drama is entertaining. Uh, you know, unfortunately, drama is entertaining in the NFL, and Manziel is just a walking disaster. <laughs> and I think it's uh, far from with Manziel news. I, I agree. And then text him from the 301 area code. Uh, shout out to Ryan and he giving a shout out to Ryan and Amos. Ryan versus Amos is a great matchup. As uh, like Ryan said, it's like Magic versus Bird. So yes, yeah, definitely agree. Definitely agree with the person texting him from the 301. <laughs> that's, that's my home area it. too, man. Someone's giving me some love from back home in Maryland. <laughs> that's awesome. Mm. All right, so question seven: and what team improved the most? in 2015. Amos, you go first. Ryan, you'll follow up. Well, I, I, I think it's no question. It's the Carolina Panthers. I mean, I, hands down, I don't think there's really any other one to argue with. It, it's They were, what, 7-9-1 and one the year before. This year, they're 15-1. and one. <clears throat> Complete turnaround. Continuity on that offensive line. The maturation of Cam Newton. Even without Kelvin Benjamin, what they were able to accomplish, what uh, Mike Shula did offensively, being able to scheme to get Cam Newton the power runs. That way, you know, you got more hats there to blocking than you have, you know, trying to tackle. Just overall, just and Ron Rivera keeping his team focused and energized week after week after week. It's something that is so hard to do nowadays and with the competition with the level to go from seven nine one to fifteen and one when you lose your best receiver absolutely unheard of and you know Josh Norman stepped up hugely Luke Keekley continued off his great great season last year and I mean I just hands down it's got to be the Panthers they were just absolutely fantastic being able to make it to the Super Bowl I mean obviously that didn't turn out the way they wanted but I don't think there's any, any you know, and they they manhandled teams like Green Bay, Arizona, or I'm sorry, yeah, Arizona, and Seattle. It was just if you said that a year ago that they would just mop the floor with all the three teams, nah, people would look at you like you're crazy. It's got to be the Panthers. Hey, Ryan, what about you? I was gonna go with the Panthers here. Um... But the reason why I didn't is the Panthers still made it to the divisional round last year, so they made it, uh, you know, two steps further before they ended up losing. Uh, I know the the record was much improved, and they were a much improved team, uh, but they did uh, make the playoffs, and they did end up making it to the divisional round before they lost, uh, beating Arizona last year as well in the playoffs. Um, so that's why I didn't pick them. I actually went with a different team uh, for a couple of reasons. I went with the Washington Redskins. They went from worst to first in their division. Uh, they were four and twelve last season. They picked at the fifth overall in the draft. Um, this season they went to nine and seven. But you have to remember too, they started out really slow, uh, introducing a new quarterback and a new system. Uh, or I mean, not a new system, but new introducing a new quarterback uh, and moving on from. RG3 and Kurt Cousins had an abs- absolutely outstanding year. They end up nine and seven after winning their last four games straight to end of the th- end of the season. Um, so they went from four and twelve to a playoff team. You know they were uh, bounced pr- 
pretty early in the playoffs. They were one and done. But this team made a gigantic step forward from being the laugh, one of the laughing stock of the NFL uh, to being a playoff team the very next year. is something that's very, very hard to do. Not a lot of teams ever do that. Another big reason for me is they found their quarterback of the future, which is such a huge step in the NFL. You're not going to be uh, successful without one of the without a big name quarterback uh, down the road, or a quarterback that can at least you know lead your team, um, unless you have Denver's defense to back you up. But they found their QB of the future. Uh, this guy, Kirk Cousins, had an absolutely outstanding year, especially the second half of the season. Uh, was completely on fire, absolutely uh, fun to watch. And this team now, they have the quarterback in place. They have a lot of really key defensive pieces. And then I think next year they're going to continue to improve because all they have to do is bolster the defense a little bit, uh, add a little bit to the offense, and, and, and they have uh, you know a contender of a team there as long as Kirk Cousins continues to play the way that he, had, they, that he did. But going from... You know, the fifth worst team in the league to to a playoff team is a big jump to make, and I, I was absolutely very impressed with what they were able to do. And you know, last year Cam Newton was still a, a pretty good quarterback, uh, and then went made it the jump to uh, a great quarterback. But uh, Kirk Cousins went from like pretty good backup uh, to one of the you know best starters in the entire league. Uh, so that makes a huge jump for me. I think the Redskins deserve most improved team. Both made excellent points. This is this has probably been you guys, when you guys go to head to head. It's always great, and I'm gonna have to go with always right on this one. I mean, you look at Washington, what they've had to overcome, especially with the media hounding them. The RG three was he, he didn't have a voice this season, so it was in, so they took the steps in the right direction. So I kind of making sure that there was no team distractions and they ended up making the playoffs and they did make Chip it Kelly and- destroyed the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna oh. I'm since you're like closer in Indiana, I'll let you be bird, so I'll be magic, okay? <laughs> That'll work. <laughs> Alright, so we talk about Chip destroying the Eagles because now so fewer strikes eight. again. <laughs> <laughs> The eighth question here uh, is what team took a step back in 2015? Rich, you'll go first, and Will, you'll follow up. Awesome. All right, so, yeah, I was going to go Dallas again, but I can't. So I'm going to take the Indianapolis Colts here. This was the team that everybody thought was going to run away with AFC South. You can always say, well, Andrew Luck was hurt. Andrew Luck probably statistically, besides injury, had one of the worst one of the worst seasons he's had since being in the NFL. Uh, you know, they went out, they spent a lot of money, they got Frank Gore, they got Andre Johnson, and they still, you know, couldn't uh, reach far, you know, reach you know, reach uh, the 500 mark in, in terms of win loss ratio. Uh, let, let's talk about Andrew uh, Andre Johnson and uh, Andre. <laughs> yeah, Andre Johnson was brought in on a what a two or three year deal. Uh, last year he had. Uh, 85 receptions for 936 yards and three touchdowns in Houston. He comes to Indy. He gets 41 receptions, 503 yards, uh, four touchdowns. So, I mean, obviously the the thing, you know, the, the stats went down as soon as he came in and, you know, he was supposed to flourish with with uh, the Indianapolis uh, Colts or whatever. 
And that's not taking anything away from uh, what Matt Hasselback did. Matt Hasselback came in, won them a few games when Andrew Luck was quote unquote injured, which he just plain sucked this league year. Uh, you look at uh, Frank Gore, his numbers went down from 4.3 yards per carry to 3.7. His rushing yards kind of went down. His rushing yards dipped statistically. It was one of the worst uh, seasons he's had in the NFL since, oh, I want to say 2010. So, you know. They bring all this big money in. Andrew Luck can't stay healthy. They bring in Matthew Hasselback, who still wins them football games. Uh, you know, and what do they do to help the defense out? Not much. Uh, they got a couple players back, but you know, you're still looking at the. Uh, hold on, I'll tell you what they were ranked defensively. They were ranked. Oh, hold on one second. Yeah, they were ranked uh, down at the bottom. Uh, ranked 26th, uh, they gave up 600 or over 6,000 yards in defense. So, you know, this was a team that, you know, was predicted to run away with AFC South, you know, make that next step to get to the AFC Championship game and on to the Super Bowl. And to me, they just kind of took a step back. Awesome. Great answer, Rich. Yeah, that is, that, that is a good answer. You know, the Indianapolis Colts <laughs> – who would have thought Houston would have, you know, won that division and then, you know, hosted hosted a playoff game? That was that was a total shock. Um, if there was a team other than the other than the Colts, though, um, I definitely have to say it's the San Diego Chargers. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it seemed like receiver after receiver. I didn't even know half the receivers that they, they had were even in the NFL that were playing halfway through the season, you know, and, you know, they were just losing. They could not, they could not score points, uh, even though, even though um, Phillip Rivers was throwing for nearly 300 yards per game, you know, and, and a lot of those, he goosing three games this year in touchdown passes, uh, got, had four in one game, which was pretty good. I mean, and, but, Overall, you know, San Diego, they just looked really bad and they just had no health to them. They were, everyone was falling off and, and it, it was just a horrible season all year. It was really sad and I don't look for it to improve. I look for them to stay down at the bottom of the AFC West. I, you know, I look to o- Oakland to take over their spot, take over the Chargers spot as that person who, you know, everyone else has to worry about in that division. You know, San Diego right now, uh, this year was oh, horrible. That's, that's what I got to say about that. <laughs> well, uh, Rich, you, you put it right on the money. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the point to you. So that means we are now tied mm-hmm. up for a piece going into the final question. So, uh, Final question is, and uh, so Ryan's team always right went first. And we're, at a, we're at a tie. So, Ryan, I'll let you decide if your team wants to go first or second, and then who's going to go first or second for your team. All right, I think we'll go second here. Will, do you want to go first or second between us? Um, I'll, I'll go first between us. That's fine. All right, so we'll go second. Will will go first for us. All right. Rich, what about your team? What happened? What's going uh, on? No, what, no. What do you think? You want to go first or second with this uh, question? I'll go second. 
All right, I guess I'll go first. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> the way this final question is going to go is going to go Rich, Will, Amos, Ryan. So the final question is, and this will be this determines the winner of the game, by the way, so make sure you bring your A game, fellas. If Peyton Manning is going to play in 2016, where do you think he will play? You know what? I'm going to take the sexy pick and say the L.A. Rams. They've got the money. They want, they're the only team that has actually came out and said, hey, Peyton, if you want to play one more year, we'll gladly take you on. I, You know, we can speculate this one all night, boys, but this guy's going to retire. But, that you know, I haven't heard the, the Browns come out and say they wanted him. I haven't heard anybody else come out and say they wanted him outside of Los Angeles Rams. That's even only going on as a rumor. So just off of that little bit of information that I've seen and read, it's got to be the Rams right now. Um, I think that if he plays, it's going to be for the Titans. But, Ryan, not those Titans. The Denver Titans, this Denver semi-pro football team. <laughs> I just don't think he's going to play at all next year. I think he's going to retire. Papa Bear needs to stay at home. He needs to eat his chicken parmesan made by Papa John himself. His career is through. He, I mean, he's having to take HGH just to even get healthy. You know, whether those are speculations or not, I think, you know, some of it, some of the evidence is, you know, there. But, you know, whether that be the case, I just, I think he's done. I don't think he will play next season. And so if he does play, it's Denver's semi-pro football team. (laughs) That man just blasted HGH all over the air. I love it. All right, now that uh, I think we're all in agreement that Peyton's probably not coming back. But I will say this: I have looked at this since, really, since I knew he's going to be in the Super Bowl, trying to figure out what team would really make sense for him. And I think when you break it, the LA Rams are like they're the very like colorful choice. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, it makes complete sense. But I don't think Peyton wants to play in the NFC. I think that was proven when he had his chance to go wherever he wanted. Yeah, he probably went to Denver because of John Elway and the position, but I don't think he wants to be in the NFC where in the playoffs or something he's going to have to. I think he'd rather play against Eli in the Super Bowl than have to knock him out of the playoffs. So I think the only team left is the Houston Texans. And I say that because they're similarly built to Denver. Yeah, the secondary is not near as good, but they do have Kareem Jackson. They had the rookie out of Washington, Kevin Johnson, I do believe. They have great linebackers and Cushing, Whitney Merciless, Clowney, if he ever becomes who he needs to be, defensive line, Jared Crick, Vince Wilfork, J.J. Watt. And they have some playmakers on offense. Yeah, they're going to probably have to improve the running game, but the running game in Denver wasn't great by any means. And I think that's somewhere where because I think Denver gave hope to a lot of teams. And, yeah, the big-name quarterback is always nice, a guy you can put the sh- or the game on the shoulders. But with a great defense, all you need is a game manager. You need a guy who's going to go in there and just not turn the ball over and make smart plays. And I think that would be perfect for Peyton if he decides to play again. And I think that's the only place he really would end up. I think it's the perfect situation for him, and I think it's the only place he'll consider. Plus, he gets a chance to maybe beat the Colts twice a year, kind of stick it to Jim Irsay and Andrew Luck, and I think he would take full advantage of that. All right, Ryan, you're up. All right. Um, 
Amos is, uh, me and Amos need to quit hanging out because we keep having the same answers for every question. Uh, but I think he's exactly right. I think Houston is the best fit for him. And, and here's why, you know, Amos mentioned the, the guys, uh, but the scheme would be good for Peyton Manning. You saw that he's no longer, uh, coming out of the shotgun, throwing down the field. He's running a lot of those play actions, the bootlegs, uh, the stuff that gives him a little bit more time, uh, getting a lot of underneath throws because he doesn't have the arm strength that he has. Uh, that's exactly how Houston's offense is set up, is to build off of the play action. So I think that would be perfect for Manning, uh, scheme-wise. Another thing is, uh, if they come back, the offense, as, as he mentioned, the, the running game, they need to retool. They need to bring in somebody because they're obviously going to get rid of Foster in this offseason. They need to bring in somebody else. But this was still the 15th-ranked uh, rushing attack in the NFL. Denver's was 17th. So still a little bit better than what uh, Denver had. And I think they'll bring somebody new in. They have a really good offensive line. I think that they just need a strong running back for them to have a good running game, which I think they'll uh, uh, address that issue in the draft or in the offseason. They have one of the best young wide receivers in the game right now. Uh, it was unbelievable, uh, you know, watching just bum quarterback after bum quarterback come out there, and Hopkins still putting up big numbers week in and week out. Um, and I think that it'd be exciting to see, uh, you know, for Peyton for to see a guy like this, especially because Hopkins has that ability to play the possession wide receiver, uh, create space um, to get open on. Uh, comeback routes uh, and, and stuff like that that will be easy passes for Peyton to make even with the limited arm strength. Um, the other thing, you look on the defensive side of the ball, um, it's a good fit for Peyton as well because he just came from the number one ranked defense uh, in the NFL and he'll be on the number three ranked defense in the NFL with the Houston Texans. And they have an unbelievable defense there with J.J. Watt in place. Uh, I think that it would be a, a good fit for him. But I also think, looking on the other side, it's a good fit for the Houston Texans. First, you have ticket sales, jersey sales, the concessions, all of that stuff is going to go through the roof because you put it in the contract that it's a one-year deal and that Peyton Manning has to announce his final season. And then you are going to make gangbusters. Just you're just gonna you're gonna throw away money because you're gonna be making too much of it. Because you think about what Kobe has done, Derek Jeter did it last year. That final ride out tour uh, that would be huge for Peyton Manning, one of the greatest to ever play the game. And you know everybody would want to go see him play. The media attention would immediately be on Houston, which is gonna you know drive everything else. It's gonna make you money because everything's gonna be on Houston. Everybody's gonna want to know. Uh, you know what's going on with Houston, what's going on with Peyton Manning, which is gonna uh, you know make it great. The other thing, uh, and the last one, I think that it's a big benefit for the Houston Texans is the draft class for the 2016 draft is incredibly weak at quarterback, as we've seen. So that gives the Texans one season where they get to throw in Peyton Manning and and not address the quarterback issue. And then come back next season, which is going to be a much stronger uh, quarterback draft class um, for sure. If you you know if you look at the college football, I think that there's no question it's going to be a much stronger draft class next year at quarterback than it is this year when you have you know a couple you know I mean even the best is probably Jared Goff and he's really not that impressive if you uh, look he's he, dropping yeah and it, it there's nobody in this draft class that really blows you away so you take a year and get the guy that you want next year instead of you know, drafting a guy then and then missing out on next year's draft class because you got a guy subpar. So I think it would be beneficial for uh, Peyton Manning and Houston, but I still think that Peyton Manning's done. Yeah, I agree. 
We're a little bit all over the board on this one, fellas. Uh, this, I mean, everyone made some great points. <laughs> and uh, Amos, you're going to hate me for this, man. I, I love you and Rich dearly, but Amos, you're about to lose your first one, buddy. I got to give this one to Ryan Sweat. I mean, I got to this one to always you... write. Oh, Ryan really? Just... The fewer strikes again. What's your point system, Bernie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with Peter's I, I point know, I system. Was starting to doubt, I was starting to doubt him at first, but then I did get two of them, uh, two, two points in a row, so... I'm kind of doubt, you know, I still think it's a conspiracy against me because I'm always losing. I'm curious to how this conclusion was made. Okay, do you want me to explain it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he just, he listened to you guys and he was like, Ryan's obviously better. And then that's why we won. Nowhere in, in anywhere on the internet does it say that Houston even remotely wants Peyton Manning. That's what I don't get is you guys bring up Houston and the only no, team that's talking that's about the best bringing fit him. for Manning. I know. The question was, what's the best fit for Houston? <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> Ain't no way. He <laughs> needs to stay at home. <laughs> we can all agree that he's going to retire anyway. That's it. Over <laughs> 2 with these point systems. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'll go first. Tom Brady, you're a system quarterback, and you're only good because of Bill Belichick. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, Brady, you baby back bitch. You're only good because of Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> I got the fries and a cast your eyes. Hey, 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 I'll be I'll, I'm gonna even be a good sport and say Andy Reid has the sexiest mustache in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, was it Tom Selleck of the NFL because that was classic. The, <laughs> oh, oh, the Tom Selleck mustache of the NFL for sure, for sure. Ryan's <laughs> not gonna. Ryan, you're not gonna say it either, anyway. You're not gonna be the good sport on this one. I just, I just wanted to thank you guys, Amos and Richard, uh, for being good losers, not storming off the podium after you lost. Like Cam uh, Newton said, so <laughs> give you applause there for being good sports. <laughs> Well, the reason why I gave it to them, Ryan made some really We're great just busting chops about Houston. But I, great show. I mean, you guys, it was close right down towards the end. Uh, so before we get off, I'm not going to be on this show next week hosting because I'll be uh, Samantha's family's in town. She's uh, oh, so she we has some a, fair points in here. Oh, <laughs> I can go no, back to hosting because oh, I know you guys love that. <laughs> Well, yeah, she has her pinning ceremony next Friday. Her her uh, her nurses will have her family will be in town, so I'm going to be off next week. But I'll be tuning in, and uh, maybe, maybe there's a way I can Bernie made off my way into the show and tell the judge how to, to throw the to throw the game in uh, someone's favor. You know, I might do that, but <laughs> I'm sure they're training, already paid off. <laughs> insider money laundering, all that good. So I'm just joking. No, insider training, money laundering, you name it, and that's what it takes for. For the host to throw the game, I'll do it. But I'm just joking. I wouldn't do that. But if my name was Bernie Madoff, I would. Money laundering and Ponzi schemes would be part of my plan. <laughs> All right. Well, before we get off the air, uh, Rich, well, why don't we go over the big announcement for tomorrow night again and then fr- talk about Friday a little bit. So, Rich, take it away for tomorrow night and Friday, and then we'll close out the show. If you did not listen to the Beers and Cheers show last night, they dropped the big bomb for us. Uh, I'm going to you know, kind of give it another pitch for you guys. Uh, professional boxer, the USS Steve Cunningham, will be joining us live for an interview tomorrow night. Be sure to check that out. Uh, he got his name USS Cunningham, Navy veteran, served on the, uh, I think it was the USS America before they were deconned and then joined 
No, I actually got to serve with him on the USS Enterprise and uh, V4 Fuels Division. So it should be an interesting conversation we have with him. I'm sure that there's going to be a lot, a lot of many questions uh, that will be presented for him and everything else. Real excited about it. He was an a, what was IBF uh, two-time cruiserweight champion. So that's what's going on tomorrow night. Like I said, I'm super excited for for this show. I've been meaning to get him on for a while now, but with the football season, it's just been so loaded with shows. So he's excited as well. You know, I've been talking to him back and forth the last couple of days. So that's one thing to look forward to. Uh, Tomorrow night, Peter and I actually could not agree on a movie. So I said, Peter, what's in your DVD collection? He said, uh, Training Day. So that's what we're gonna watch. Uh, a there's a couple of other. There's a couple of other. Uh, there's some Red Dead Redemption news. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the season, uh, the mid-season premiere, The Walking Dead. If you have not heard, the first four minutes of that episode is now available to stream online. Although I'm not gonna watch it until Sunday night. What's the point in watching the first four episodes and have to wait another four or five days to see the show? I think what we, me and Peter, decided on once The Walking Dead comes back for the time being instead of doing movie of the week we're gonna do a walking dead recap that way we, we both watch the walking dead so it'll be a little bit easier than trying to decide what movie you know what we do and do not have together so in terms of dvds and everything else uh but that's about all i got uh, anybody else got some uh, closing remarks yeah i want to give a big thank you to will to coming on and being my teammate and help me win this one thanks okay. will no problem, buddy. Hey, it was a pleasure having, you know, thank you for having me. And anytime you guys ever need anything, you know, like this, I'm always willing to do it. So, hey, football is my thing. If anybody out there wants to follow me on Twitter, at BrunoMeister84, uh, you can follow me there. And uh, I post a lot of uh, Chiefs material and or other material you may or may not like as well. So, <laughs> anywho... <laughs> uh yeah thank you for having me guys and like i said dude anytime you guys need me i'm willing to do this this was fun right on thank you will uh i had a great time tonight it was fun hosting and uh, this show is always a lot of fun with you guys it's just a fun debate we like to have a lot of fun poke fun at each other uh and that's what i think that's what makes it special on the air we just like to have a good time and climb around oh yeah oh, oh one last thing ryan well, I'm going to give a shout-out to your girl, uh, Mallory, for those that don't know. She's our voice lady for our new intro song. I absolutely love it. She did a marvelous job. Thumbs up for me. No, thank you. And, yeah, she was a huge help with that. Uh, yes, she was. She's definitely – she's excited because she didn't think she did that good. She's excited that, that everybody liked Oh, yeah, liked it was her, awesome, so. awesome. So, yeah. I just want to give a shout out to Peter's basement that's obviously full of Nazi Germany <laughs> paraphernalia. <laughs> oh, you guys get out of control sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. Well, man, like I said, I am super excited for tomorrow night's show. This is, We're going to have a good time tomorrow night, guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, dude, we're not allowed to host anymore. <laughs> I can just repeat each other. <laughs> <laughs> and then we need to quit hanging out. <laughs> all right, I think that's all we got. Uh, definitely tune in for with us uh, tomorrow. It's a big day tomorrow with Steve Cunningham. Friday, of course, Peter and Rich, as always, on the uh, free-for-all. Thanks for tuning in with us tonight. Uh, everybody had a really good time. I hope you guys had a good time at home, and good night. 
Thanks for listening to the Free Parking Show. To hear the boys live, tune in every weeknight at 9 p.m. Eastern.